Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You're listening to The Middle with your host, Holly Azapani, and Jordana Levine. Did somebody say life swap? In today's ep, we go Freaky Friday and swap lives. What would we love and how would we struggle? We reckon an eco-friendly way to clean your home and a fancy way to serve up your dinner. And Jord guesses the first couple celebrity natal chart, including their Venus placements. We wrap up the ep talking all things manifestors in human design. But first, Jord, let's talk synchronicities because you have an epic story to share. I do. I thought you were going to say let's chat MasterChef. I don't know why. Oh <laughs> because I watched the finale last night. Do you want to chat MasterChef? <laughs> no. <laughs> let's chat MasterChef and then synchronicities. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I mean, no, we don't have to talk about MasterChef, but, you know, female one, which is great. Okay. That's brilliant. Yeah, it was really good. Um, synchronicities. Yeah, I had a crazy synchronicity and – I want to preface this by saying I have felt like in the last few weeks, and I'm sure I'm not alone here. I think a lot of people have been feeling it the last few months that it's really hard sometimes to feel like you're really being supported by the universe when there's just so much shit going on. And I had, I had admittedly lost a little bit of my faith and trust around certain things. And especially last night I was feeling quite, you know, bathroom floor breakdown moment. I wasn't breaking down on the bathroom floor, but that kind of feeling. Yeah. And I was like, universe, you know, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, come on, show me something. Yeah. Anyway, today I was um, sitting at a cafe this morning and I was editing my book. And the day before, my mum, I was on the phone to my mum and my mum had said something about random had said something about Kenny Rogers. I can't remember what she was saying. It was not important. Anyway, she said something about Kenny Rogers and it, this, like, it sparked this thing in me where I was like, didn't I write something about Kenny Rogers in my book? And I, I remember writing it, but I don't remember editing it. And I thought, mm. well, that's weird. I've read the whole mm. book now through edits. How have I not seen that bit about Kenny Rogers? Anyway, that thought just slipped out of my mind, which tends to happen these days. And I was at the cafe this morning editing and Kenny Rogers came on the speaker at the cafe. And then I was like, oh yeah, that Kenny Rogers thing. I really should look that up. So I went into the editor document and I did a, a find in Word and I couldn't find Kenny Rogers anywhere. And I was like, where did he go? <laughs> I went back to the original manuscript and I'm like, no, definitely talked about Kenny Rogers in the book. And so I called my editor and I said, this is so weird, and I know you maybe you're going to think I'm crazy, but I wrote this thing about Kenny Rogers. It's not important at all, but it's not in the document anymore. Would you have deleted it? And she's like, oh, my God, absolutely not. I would never delete something from a document without telling you first. Mm. Um, she said, it's obviously disappeared. And, and so we brought up the original manuscript, and I said, well, it's not just the Kenny Rogers stuff that's disappeared. It's like this whole page of writing that's gone and she's like oh my god and I was like oh my god and so we looked through all the different documents that have been back and forth between us and we found where it had gone missing but what was so crazy was that I would never have even noticed that there was a passage missing from the book no. it ended up being quite an important part of the book as well that had gone missing unless I'd had those Kenny Rogers reminders come up and me oh. randomly have put this bit in the book about Kenny Rogers FYI, we've taken the Kenny Rogers bit out. She won't let me put it in due to copyright stuff. Oh, fair. So fair. I don't actually get to keep it in. But, yeah, just a funny, synchronistic story. 
it's it's always those simple synchronicities that bring you back to faith in the moments where you feel like you're being forgotten by the universe or just in the moments of doubt, which we all have. I had a similar experience literally off, on the pamper day that I spoke about in As a Reco a couple of eps ago. So part of the course that I'm doing is we're working closely with mountains and we have to call in through meditation and various practices four different mountains from around the world that's energies we're working with. And in my meditations, I kept seeing rainbows and this rainbow mountain that I didn't realize existed. But when I looked it up, it's it's a real thing. It's the Vinicunca mountain in Peru. And part of me was doubting it because I'm like, oh, yeah, of course, Holly, you're working with the really pretty rainbow mountain. Like this mountain is gorgeous, Jordan. It's actually rainbow in colors. And it's like, oh, am I just picking it because it's the pretty one? Like subconsciously, I think I've seen it before and I'm just picking the pretty rainbow mountain. Anyway, on this pamper day, I picked a nail color that I wouldn't usually go for. Like it's a little bit darker than usual. Ooh, I usually it's just nice. go, it's nice, right? And I, mm. I, you know me, Jordan. I usually go for like pale pinks and just nudes and boring. But I was drawn to it. And as I was sitting. Oh, that colour is the definition of nude. <laughs> Are you kidding me? It's like, it's like a dark nude. I'll tell you <gasps> what the colour is called, guys. You can look it up yourself. Because I was sitting in the chair telling this woman about the course I'm studying. And then I pick up the nail colour and turn it over. And it's called Rainbow Mountain. Wow. So what do you think that means? I think it means that I wasn't just in my head about the mountain and that I really do need to be working with this energy. Amazing. Isn't that funny? Just the little synchronistic moments. Yeah, it's good. It's just a nice little reminder. Yeah. So sometimes I feel like we look for these blatant, obvious signs, but they can be really, really subtle little nudges as well. Yeah. I like the subtle nudges. I think they're more profound. Yes, I agree with you, actually. Yeah. They kind of leave you sitting there going, oh, the ghost of Kenny Rogers was with me today. He was. He I was. I mean, he totally had my back. I mean, he's probably a bit gutted that his, his few lines in the book got cut. But... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kenny. <laughs> George, today's ep just came to you kind of like a subtle nudge, right? <laughs> Well, I think we were scraping the bottom of the barrel. We had one listener tell us that she's sick of hearing um, about astrology. So Mm -hmm. we were like, all right. So um, we scraped the bottom of the barrel and I came up with this Freaky Friday, Lindsay Lohan-esque idea. I love it so much. It's so fun. (laughs) And it's got nothing to do with astrology so we can all rest easy. (laughs) (laughs) So basically the premise is what would we do if we were to swap lives? when you were thinking about this draw, like just for, is it just for a day? That's the way that I looked at it. No, I was thinking more like, um, like for a period of time, like to get the real impact or what you're just going to swap for a day and come and live in my great apartment in Byron Bay. Oh, you poor thing. How will you you survive it? First first point. (laughs) (laughs) Should we dive right in then? Yeah. Well, the, the first thing that I wrote that I would love is, your home and where you live. But for me, Jord, it's not just the fact that you live in Byron Bay. It's the home you have created. I love coming and staying with you. And I think that you have done an incredible job at creating a feeling of home. And I just I just love the space. I love how you've thrown it together. It feels very comforting and nurturing and all of those. Do you know what? It feels quite Cancerian, which is a surprise. Because you haven't got Cancerian placements at all. Oh, God, I'm making it about astrology. No, but can we have this conversation? I'm sorry, listener who doesn't want to hear about astrology, (laughs) because I was thinking about this the other day, and we've never discussed it, Holly. I was thinking, I grew up pretty much with just me and my mum, right? Mm. Like, I didn't live with my other siblings because they're half-siblings, and my mum is a Cancerian. And a product of growing up as a child with a single mother really is that you take on a lot of their traits. And my mum is very much a homebody. She cares about her home. She's got lots of like little knickknacks and beautiful things. And she just likes to make her home always feel really comfortable and nurturing for everybody that, that comes into her space, which is very Cancerian. I've taken on all of those traits. None of those traits are reflective in my chart but they're very much intrinsically part of who I am. So it's like, that's an interesting 
way to have a look. I mean, we all know that, you know, nurture versus nature and all of that, but it's almost like nurture versus nature versus needle chart. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. The it's true though, because it is, it was the first thing that kind of dropped into me is like, yes, being in Byron Bay, it's great, great location. Like you've manifested an epic home, but the energy of home you have created, I would love to live where you're living and I would love to wake up there every day. Thank you. I really appreciate it. But I didn't really want this segment to be like, this is what I love about your life. I just kind of wanted it to be like, not that that's the tone of voice you were using. <laughs> tone of voice I use in my head, it's fine. <laughs> but what I what I was thinking was like, you know, you you creating your own life, but with a lot of the elements that are part of my life. Do you know what I mean? Hey, all right. I did it different. Okay. Because then I was, my next thing was like, <laughs> I'd love to be able to have your cooking skills. <laughs> oh, no, you're not becoming me, Holly. <laughs> Did you just want me to rattle off all the things I love about you? Is that where this was leading? Not really, but I mean, you can. It's fine. We're on the cusp of Leo season. Like, it it works. It works well. Right, so if I were to be up living out your life but as myself. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Well, (laughs) because... Do you want to finish the list? Yeah. Yeah. Just the lols. Just the lols. Can you hear the next one? (laughs) (laughs) Being little for a day. (laughs) What? You're so little and petite (laughs) and I'd love to feel like what that feels like for a day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, it hurts my neck a lot because I've got to look up at everyone. Um... (laughs) I think it's so nice because you get to like dress really well and <laughs> I've really I've really gone rogue with the brief guys and this is why we need to stick to what we know which is astrology. I'm so sorry. I maybe mine wasn't clear enough with the brief. <laughs> no, I've got one. I've got one that I think hits the brief. Okay. My last one. So okay. he's hoping. And it's something that I'd love, but also something I'd really struggle with. Okay. And that is being able to date. And be on apps and swipe. And I know that you're like, no, fuck that. That's not ideal. No. But so this just, is kind of what I meant. Like this is more along the lines of what I meant. Yeah, we got that. We got that, guys. It was a long, hard slog, <laughs> but we're here. Um, so I would I would love and also be challenged by it mm. because it's, it's a whole foreign concept to me, Jordan. Even just having a dating app and doing the whole swiping thing, I feel my self-worth would be so challenged, like, so, so incredibly challenged. I I don't have a thick skin in that kind of an arena. And I'd be curious to see whether I'd put myself out there, whether I'd actually go on dates. I feel like knowing myself, I'd be more inclined to get the adrenaline rush of being on a dating app, get a match, have a little bit of banter and then disappear. Like I don't think I'd actively go on the dates and go out. I think you know that, I mean? yeah, yeah. And then that's, that's, Actually, that's my favorite bit. Like, I hate the the bit before. I'd rather just go out and have a date. Um, But I think what you would do, because it's very common and most women do, is you would love the swipe and you'd love the match, but you probably wouldn't even initiate the chat. So true. You just leave it at the match. You're like, yeah, feel validated. That's enough. Yes. 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 That's exactly what I would do. So it would be something that I would enjoy for the the gratification of like the attention part and the the match and then actually having to do something with that. I'd be like, oh, no, no, thank you. See you later. Yeah, look, I mean, dating apps are, are, are a blow to your self-worth for sure. I would mm. say to people um, that you have to think of the app part of it as the vetting process to date. It's not actually part of the dating process. Do you know what I mean? Because mm. you can't invest yourself in those early stages. Those people don't know who you are. They, yeah, they don't know who so you are. True. And if they're basing all of it on your photos or your bio, which is what we do, we do judge. Of course it is. That's the risk you take. And, yeah. you know, I know that I have lost a lot of good men for a, a poorly written bio. I know that. Yes. But this is yes. this is the process that we go through. It's it's a fascinating one. So that's definitely part that I yeah, I could see both ways. In fact, I think a lot of things, Jord, in if I were to like live my life through the way that your life is, would would have the 
joy, enjoyment and also the challenge. So the other part is like living on my own. I've never lived on my own for a prolonged period of time, ever, ever, ever. So I feel like I would find some joy in some moments of that. Absolutely. I love having a bed to myself, for instance. I sleep so well when I've got a bed to myself um, and I love being in my own space. But for prolonged periods of time, I would absolutely struggle with that because I don't know any different. So I feel that that piece for you would be like something I'd need to learn from to be like, okay, so what what do I do? I guess it's the codependency piece, not being reliant on anybody else other than myself. Like that would really force me into a level of independence that I don't think I've ever had. Yeah. I mean, look, whole I think that I know we did a whole episode on independence and codependence I don't think not wanting to live alone or wanting to live with your husband makes you codependent like I think that I think that that's human connection right totally and like I I do love living on my own but I would very much enjoy sharing my space with someone else but that is what I've struggled with in relationships and not even when I live with them just when they want to come to my house all the time because I yes. really, I really, really need my alone time. It's so yeah. important, not just for, um, you know, like for preference, but because I actually need it to restore my energy levels. Yeah. Um, or I just completely burn out, and that's what would worry me about being in a marriage. To be honest with you, is oh, how, again. how am I going to where how am I going to do that? How am I going to do that? Yeah. Yeah. You you need to have the breathing room. We were having this conversation, a couple of girlfriends um, and I the other day around a similar situation where one of them is saying, I need in our next home that we live in, there needs to be multiple bedrooms so that we can have our time apart because otherwise I can't cope in this. It feels like um, almost like, uh, (laughs) <laughs> a very intense <laughs> container that's going to explode. That's what my hand gestures are doing right now. But what's interesting is uh, we're all projectors and air signs that have the same yeah. needs. So not everybody, I don't I don't know that everybody would feel the same, no, George. of course not. And, uh, you know, like, uh, not to bring astrology back into it, but Cancerians, of course, love, they love sharing their home. They love having yes. someone in their home. They love to care for someone. And I understand all of that. And there's parts of me that do want it, but the air and the projector in me already can't breathe just talking about it. And it's not a fear of commitment at all. It's not. No. It's a space thing. I was talking to Emmy Ray, actually, who does my who did my human design reading about being a projector. And we'll talk about it a bit more in Projector Week. But she's like, you know, as a projector, it's really important that you do take a couple of nights a week if your partner is not also a projector mm. to sleep in separate beds, yes. even if you live together. Yeah. Because you're going to need that for your energy levels. And that, and that just makes so much sense to me. Well, it in turn, it impacts the quality of the relationship so that you can actually appreciate the other person, not resent them because you're not getting a good night's sleep because the energy center's open and you're taking on all this stuff. So it's, it's funny because we can talk flippantly about the astrology side of things or the human design side of things, but this is really what makes us up. So when it comes to things like relationship and where we're living and how we're living our lives, this just, for you and I at least, Jord, it's a natural way of living because it's so innate. So other than you just never having done it before, what is it that, what what worries you the most, do you think, about the sense of living alone? Really good question. Do you know what it would be? I can get, and you've seen it in me, I can get into these habits where I don't leave the house for days and days and days. And if I were on my own and didn't have someone kind of being like, let's go out for a walk or let's go do this. Or I just, I'd, I'd worry that I'd get into some really poor habits of just not ever leaving the house. Yeah. But you also have friends. Yeah, that's true. You know, you're not like a a hermit. No, that's true. I guess, I guess the worry is all irrational stuff. I'd be able to do it. It's just that it's, something so foreign to me that it would take some adjusting if anything I actually think I'd really like it and I spend a lot of time on my own in our relationship anyway because you know I work from home Trent works out we 
but we still we still go to bed together at night. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not it's not the same. Hmm. Mm, how about you, Joy? I think that I would love to be in such a loving marriage. That would be nice. Yeah. Um, and I think that I would really enjoy having two puppies. <laughs> They're very, very special. <laughs> <laughs> They're very, very cute. But I would definitely have some rules and regulations around recording time and puppies. <laughs> and Archie Rose. <laughs> um, I think that I really love, like, I love the idea of being an intuitive. Like, that to me is something that I really would love to be able to do because I feel like I can be quite intuitive in my own life and I can definitely deliver messages to people as they need them. But to be able to just open channel and let stuff drop in for a living, that just is so very cool. Oh, thanks, George. Do you know what? What I want to say to that is you do it in your own way when you're teaching yoga because the, when I'm in your classes, and I'm not just saying this because I love you, but the way that you create a class, the way you're like hands-on with people, it is very intuitively guided and it's very much a mind, body, soul kind of channeled experience. So I actually feel like you incorporate that open channel trust in in that practice and even in like Luna Lover and the downloads that you share with people. Yeah, it's just, it's just different. Yeah. I mean, I... I I mean, I've said it before, I feel like the books I've written have all been channeled. Yes. Um, it's funny, actually, someone posted a passage from Make It Happen on Instagram the other day, and I was like, did I write that? I, <laughs> I love that. It. it didn't even sound familiar to me. I love that. <laughs> so strange. But I think, yeah, I just think that that's such a cool, it's such a cool resource to have, you know? Cool. Um, I think what I would struggle with, in terms of the happy marriage, and I mean, I think this is great, but I know for me, and maybe just because, again, I've never had it, is to have been with the one person for oh, so yeah. long. Yeah. You know, and not having really been with anyone else. Yeah. That, th- the romanticism in that speaks to one side of me, and then the other side of me can't breathe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, to the converted girl I know it's it's an odd one isn't it it's been like this constant repeating pattern and I've spoken about it on the potty a number of times of like oh this wasn't part of the plan and I guess uh what it's taught me if anything is to get out of my head in terms of what it means in inverted commas I guess but I can understand that it would be like this it's almost claustrophobic right no I yeah look I'm processing it as I'm saying it I think okay so mm. this is this is this isn't going to answer that question but it's kind of where my head's at with this. Yeah. I spend so much thought time thinking, which you know anyway. <laughs> but like yeah. so much of those thoughts are centered around who who will I end up with? How am I dressed today? What do I look like when I leave the house? Am I going to run into someone? Is this conversation that I'm having with this person leading to something else? Is this person flirting with me? I'm not sure. Do I like this person? You know, I mean, it doesn't take up my entire day, but it takes up a large portion of it. And I thought, if I didn't have that stuff, like if that was taken care of and he was waiting at home, what would I what would what would I do with my thoughts all day? Interesting. You know, like there's this big like, and it'd be full of other stuff, obviously. But it's just yes. like for you not to have to worry about that. It's like sometimes I look at women who can eat whatever they want and like have these banging bodies and not exercise and just like wake up looking marvelous. And I think, oh god, that would be such a lovely life to not have to think about what you're eating and how you're working out and, you know, all power to them, nothing against them. But it takes up so much space for a lot of other people that it's like you didn't have to think about that. What would you think about instead? That is such an interesting 
point because you're right. I, I do not have to think about the future of our relationship or having kids or any of those things. It's kind of like just off my mind. Well, I mean, in, in, a, in a sense you do. I don't want to yeah. take that away from you. Of course you think about that sort of stuff, but you don't have to be like, who's it going to be with? Yes, <laughs> it's true. No, I never, ever, ever thought of it that way. It's so funny, isn't it, George? Because we we are so similar in so many ways, but we, we then have these like polarizing lives. Yeah. Because I'm like, I want to be swiping on the apps. And you're like, I just want to know what it's like to be in a happy marriage. (laughs) (laughs) Like complete opposite. I'm like, just get me out on the town. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, look, and there's, yeah, it's totally fun to be out on the town for sure. But it's way more fun to come home to someone, I think. Mm, Interesting. Mm. There was was another one that I was going to say about your life that I – I feel like you do amazingly and that I would just really struggle with. And that is, we kind of touched on it. You, you teaching yoga, you're so good at teaching live in the flesh with groups of people. I feel I like I would be so impatient with people. And I like, <laughs> in what sense? Like you just hold space. So Bend deeper. Like, yeah. Just breathe in. And like, but you create like an atmosphere with music and with scent and with touch and all of these things. Whereas I'm such a hot mess at times that I would just be like rushing and over it and just like going to a template. You, you just do it really well. No, you're not giving yourself enough credit. I mean, you run live events all the time. It's no different. It's just a yoga class. I don't know why I feel like I would suck at it. I just think you're very, very good at it. Thank you. I appreciate that. I was thinking about, when I was thinking about a similar thing when I was teaching the other night, I um, I don't ever feel like I'm teaching a yoga class. It just feels like I'm coming into a space and doing what needs to be done with the people that are there at the time and their energy and then sort of leaving. Like it never feels like work when I'm there. Yeah, you can tell. And I guess I guess that's the energy that I have experienced with you is that you're facilitating a space as opposed to I'm a yoga teacher. Because that's the piece where I'm like, I could never, ever teach in that kind of realm. I actually went to a, um, I'm teaching at a new space in Byron in a couple of weeks. The space was so magic. I went up there and I was like, (gasps) "Uh, can I live here? She had all these candles burning. They smelled amazing. Dimmed lighting. Like a studio that doesn't have a dimmer on their light is just ridiculous so yes. this beautiful lighting and like oh everything was just so pristine and I can't wait to teach there it's gonna be great I love that so much so much um what about things like um you know like how how do you think you'd go like delivering manuscripts in on time to <laughs> it's so funny that you brought that up because it was in my head but I didn't put it on the list <laughs> I was like all of the things that are deadlines in your life I would fucking struggle with George but I think when I think about me and work I think that I am constantly trying to juggle different deadlines of things that are not related to each other at all with lots of different skill sets happening it's not a good thing I'm not bragging about it like it's poorly managed Gemini gets bored easily so does a million different things that don't relate Yes, this is yeah. what I was thinking about literally just before where I was like, you've got to get full moon synopsis in, new moon synopsis in, record podcasts for them. Then if Mercury's retrograding or planets are doing weird things, which you have no control over, nope. plus <laughs> deadlines for like books, literal books. Like, I'm, gosh, I would love to be paid to write, but also in my own time, don't tell me when to get you the words. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. So the fact that you are able to do that, and I think you do it really well, is like testament because I would struggle so hard. Yet, which leads me to my next point, yet you can take all your clothes off and stand in front of a camera and produce the most amazing photographs I've ever seen. I feel like Thank such you. an awkward turtle when Holly and I do a shoot together. We've got one next week and I'm dreading it. No. Because Holly's just so, you're so natural in front of the camera. Thank you. Let's talk I, about that. Like you yeah. say, oh, you come into a yoga studio and you just, you know, whatever. It's like, well, you put you in front of the camera and you just like won't stop bloody posing. <laughs> in a really good way though. Like you just move. 
Thank you. It's just one of those things, isn't it? The same with you where you step into the space and you just know what to do. It's not like I've, uh, I mean, I'm grateful that it's just innate, you know? Mm -hmm. So I feel at home when I'm doing those things and, and it is something where over time, especially, um, as I get more confident in my ability as a model, because it's, it's been a new revisit revisiting of this dynamic in my life. Um, I'm really loving the storytelling aspect of it. So that's been a fun place to kind of, I I was saying to a friend the other day, it's like flow state, right? It's like I lose track of time. I'm enjoying it. And there's an element of challenge. So even just creating beautiful imagery for the fun of it, it feels very enjoyable for me. So good. Yeah. So, so, so good. Any last little life swaps? Hmm. What would you like to do with, my wardrobe would you like that would you enjoy it I would love it because you've got such a style so it would be very very easy for me to wake up and just put clothes on and not have to think (laughs) no really no (laughs) I was just trying to organize some outfits before for um this shoot I'm doing in a couple of weeks and I was like oh this is not working really yes is that because you've got a particular aesthetic in mind? I think so. And, you know, like you create an aesthetic around things you don't own and then you're like, well, oh, this, is, this is not good. This Pinterest board does not match my wardrobe. Yeah, you create an aesthetic around one ring or like an earring and it's like, oh, I need a whole new outfit. Absolutely. <laughs> what would you do with my wardrobe? You'd just completely clean it out. Well, I think everything would be really long on me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <It'd> be so <laughs> little. Because I'm so small. Um, I know I would clean be- it out. There's some great pieces in there, Holly. Dang. But you know what I would do? I'd get rid of some old shit like that jumper you're wearing that you dyed black and is meant to be like cream and Ooh. get rid of it because I'm you don't so- need it. You have money that you can go and buy a new one. It's so warm. I know. I really have been thinking I need to go buy some nice knits. Well. I've still got that bloody forever new one. I know. You do have a stylist in town next week who could oh take gosh. you shopping. Let's go shopping. Oh, my God, this is so fun. By the time people are listening to this, we're together once more. Oh, my God, that's so true. Oh, we could listen to this right now together. (laughs) I feature us. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, this really is some kind of Twilight Zone life swap, freaky Friday shit going down. Recos this week are taking a bit of a kitchen-esque theme. George. What have you got on your list for the week? Well, I mean, I guess you could store them in the kitchen if you wanted to, but (laughs) they're for use all over the house. (laughs) Oh, that's good. That's ideal. It's a brand called Koala Eco, and they're beautiful, um, safe, clean, 100% plant-based, eco-friendly, all the things, ticks all the boxes, um, cleaning products. But the thing that's most beautiful about them is they're made with pure Australian essential oils. So they smell incredible, but they actually clean. Have you noticed how some natural cleaning products don't really do much? And you're like, "Uh, this smells good, but. Trent gets so annoyed. He's like, Holly, this is just, you're just wiping stuff around the glass. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, they do a really good glass cleaner because my entire house is glass and um, I really need a good glass cleaner. So they do a good glass cleaner, multi purpose bathroom cleaner, multi purpose kitchen cleaner. They've got a great um, laundry wash, they've got a natural fruit and vegetable wash. So if you're not buying organic fruit and veg, it's good to give them a good wash to get some of the pesticides off. So they've got something you can do that with. Um, And then they've got like hand washes and um, I've got stainless steel cleaner for the oven. And then um, they've got hand sanitizer. It's beautiful. The labels are gorgeous. They're really nice products to have in the house for a a nice aesthetic. But they also perform really well. And if you order them straight from Koala Ego, they do a really good subscription service Mm -hmm. um, where you get quite a hefty discount. And, you know, the subscription can be that you don't get, that you get cleaning products, you know, every six months or, Mm -hmm. you know, you Mm -hmm. don't have to be getting them regularly. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's really cool. I really love them. Where where can you find them, Joe? Did you say like in health food stores and things? Well, all the, most of the health food stores up here have them. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know about in Sydney, but they're not a Byron um, company, so okay. I assume that they would be in in health food stores. 
I'm literally in the market for new natural household cleaners, so this is perfect. Um, all right, Hull, what is your record this week? My record this week, I can't take credit for, but Trent the Taurian can. So we have the most beautiful dinner sets that I take for granted, but we always get complimented. They're by Ecology Homewares. And the set that we have is the Ottawa 12-piece dinner set. Now, they have all of these different styles, but what I love about the aesthetic and really is all about the aesthetic with the way that they do things is it's very ceramic-esque kind of um, clay, very earthy tones and colours, beautiful um, kind of mustards and pastels and really, really beautiful aesthetically pleasing dinner sets. So it ticks all the boxes. Um, they, I'm just on the Ecology Homeware site right now. I'm having sales on all the dinner sets. So this is the perfect time if you're looking to invest. They've got some nice patterns, some nice prints, different textures. Some of them are even ribbed. For extra pleasure. <laughs> Extra culinary delight, you know what I'm saying? So it's a it's a quick reco, but a good one. Ecology homewares for your dinner set needs. I'll have to check them out. They're actually beautiful. You'll be eating off them today as you listen to this podcast. <laughs> today we're mixing up celebrity natal chart, George, just to keep you on your toes. Are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. I feel like we're upping the challenge. It's great. We really are. It's a big one because you're guessing the celebrity natal chart of a couple that I know you love and I know a lot of listeners love too. We're talking none other than Dak Shepard and Kristen Bell. So good. It's, I'm so excited. It's so great. They both don't have their rising signs, but George and I discuss that this is okay because Geordie's going to guess their suns and moons separately and then their Venuses because... They're married and in love. They're being nice, if you would like to pluralize it. No, <laughs> they're being nice. So I, however you want to do it, Jord, I've got the sure. charts here. Yeah, I was thinking about it. I'm like, how do I want to do this? I'm going to start with Dax. Cool. It's so hard as well because if I feel sure about something, I can be like, it's his rising. It has to be. <laughs> um, <laughs> but when I first sat down to think about um, Dax, I was like, well, he is a very good communicator, mm. which does make me think automatically that he has to either have air in his chart or a Virgo placement in his chart. Um, but the other thing that came through while I was driving today and thinking about it was Sagittarius. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is there any Sagittarius? Not in the three that we're looking at, but there are three other Sagittarian placements. Oh, interesting. Can I ask what they are? Yeah, his Mars, his Neptune, and his North Node. Okay, so maybe his Mars. Maybe it's his Mars. You see his Mars, yeah. Okay. Um, is there any air? No. Okay, so then there's definitely a Virgo placement. Definitely a Virgo placement. Yes. Okay. So there's no air. Mm. No. Like none. Is he? And I'm going to say no water either. No water. Yeah. Okay. So he's either earth fire or double earth. Intuition says double earth. Yes. Double earth. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. And one of them's Virgo. What's the mm-hmm. other one? He's not. He's not. He's not Taurus because he's not very good at looking good. He doesn't nope. dress very well. He's not Taurus. Okay. Um. So what does that leave? He's either a double Virgo. Whoa. <laughs> <Or a laughs> Capricorn. Virgo. Um. I'm gonna place that Virgo that I've got. And I'm gonna I'm going to place it as his moon. Yes. Yes. And not just because I love him and I love myself, but <laughs> because he's quite funny, but I don't get this like overly like meticulous detail orientated vibe from him that Virgo Suns give off. Totally. 
Totally. Um, but he is a great communicator. He, he's, he's got that wit to him. And he does want to help people. You know, yeah. like he's quite helpful. So, yes, yeah. Moon. Okay. So then I'm going to say Capricorn Sun because I don't Capricorn see Virgo Sun. sun. Yeah. Capricorn Sun, Virgo Moon. Okay, so I'm going to come back to his Venus. Sure. I'm going to do uh, Kristen's chart. Cool. Um, oh, she's just so sweet and lovely. Mm. But also a great communicator. She's got air. She's got air. Okay. And does she also have... Oh, wait. Does she just have one air? Just one air. Okay. Does she also have... um, I want to say water. Yes. Because she's very caring and maternal and, like, I feel like she would save the world if she could. Yeah. Okay. What's her air? I'm going to rule out Aquarius. Ruled out. And I think I'm going to rule out um, Scorpio from her water. Ruled out. Okay. Oh, I'm really having a hard time choosing between Libra and Gemini. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to put her air as her moon. Yes. Okay. So that means her sun is water. Yeah. And I'm going to go out on the limb and say Cancer. Correct. Yeah. And I want to say Gemini moon. No. No, Libra moon. Libra moon. Okay, Cancer Sun, Libra moon. Okay, so he's double earth and she's water air. Yeah. Well, that's weird. Yeah. Okay. So now we've got to place their Veni. Oh. I think his Venus is earth as well. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I think that Kirsten... Kristen, wait, which one is it? Kristen. Kristen. I think Kristen has brought out a lot of emotion in him, but I don't think it's who he is. No. Um, because I think he still struggles to explain how he feels when he's talk about talking about how he's feeling. So I'm tossing up with her Venus whether she is a water or an air. So I'm going to rule out earth and fire for her Venus. Good. You know, I'm thinking it so doesn't matter what their risings are, but it's really throwing me not knowing. It's hard. It is hard. Because that's how we see them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm going to say air. It is. It's an air. Is it Gemini? It's Gemini. Yeah. Because I You're also good. was a bit like, I feel like we're very similar. Yeah. That's really good, George. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, Gemini wait. Venus. Have I guessed his? No, I haven't you, guessed no, you his haven't. Venus. It's Earth, though. Oh, maybe Taurus? Go back to what you were saying about how he really struggles to express his emotions. Capricorn. Yeah. <laughs> that is so surprising. I can't believe he has so much Capricorn because, and yeah. sister, I love you. I know you're a Capricorn if you're listening, but I really don't connect with Capricorns. His Mercury is also Capricorn, George. What? Yeah. But he's so good at it. Her Mercury is Cancer. Oh, that's so interesting. <laughs> Their partnership is so wild to me. But they do balance each other, I guess, with the earth and the water. They balance each, balance each other beautifully. Her Mars is in Libra. Her and Mars his is Sag. Is Libra. Yeah. yeah. She's got double, she's got lots of air. And I actually feel like her rising would be air too. Yeah. I reckon it might be Gemini. I think so. I think you're right. Interesting. 
Wow, that was a good one, George. How well fun. fun. Thank you for that. I really well loved the stepping up the challenge. It was you good. really nailed it. Good Thank job. You. deep into the first installment of our human design and we looked at generators uh we haven't really heard much feedback from you guys about whether you're generators or not that's okay that's fine we're assuming assuming you guys are yeah um today we're gonna have a look at manifestors yes and surprisingly i mean this surprised me i don't know if it surprises you holly but manifestors are just over eight percent of the population Right, so they're a small part. They're a really, really, really small type in human design. Um, And I think what's really interesting, we'll talk about it a little bit more at the end of the discussion, but I think that most people think that manifestors are really great at manifesting, and that's Mm. not what it means at all. Okay, yeah. Okay, interesting. And, And manifestors are separate also to manifesting generators. Like that's a different type, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. So you've got your generators, you've got your manifestors, and you've got your manifesting generators. But it's all very different. Right. So we're looking Um, at manifestors. Yeah. So the strategy for a manifestor is to inform. Ah. The not self is anger. And the signature is peace. Now, if you break that down, it's quite interesting because it's like their strategy is to inform people if that's not received and they're not feeling like they are themselves, they slip into anger. Wow. Yeah. So if they're not being heard, it's like, rah. And okay. that, that's a very precarious place to be in because you're not really in control of that. Oh. Um, but the signature, what they desire to feel really is this peace. Right. They're the only type in human design that can initiate action. Oh, what a bloody superpower. Every other type has to wait. That is such a good little point there. Yeah, but here's something interesting that I read. Manifester children must be taught to ask permission as their strategy. So they need to ask permission to inform because you can imagine a kid going through life like telling everyone how it is. That's just not going to work well for them at all. No, no, you're right. Yeah, this is how they get along in their environment and integrate with others. So they need to be taught not to be constantly in their strategy. But then as an adult, your strategy is to inform, which is, yeah. So it's sort of like sort of not unteaching them, but just showing them how to exist in the world so that when they're an adult, they have the choice to inform. Yeah. Okay. okay. And this is, this is how they're going to be able to integrate into society because if they, if they just go in all guns are blazing all the time, this is the way it is. (laughs) They're just, their social dynamics are going to be off. Especially if they're an Aries as well. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so basically your manifestors are going to have to learn how to inform. And I guess in a way that works best for them as individuals. Exactly. Um, manifestors are pure doers and have access to the consistent energy inside to just start things. So they're very much the initiators and the doers. Starting projects, conversations, businesses, movements. They get it all started. I think what works well in business, this is just me thinking about it. I haven't read it anywhere. But I would say manifestors are the person that gets the idea going and then they need to hire everybody else to do the things. What I would give to have that initiative. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, So they're the innovators and they act immediately, usually alone, without giving the rest of the community a heads up or a chance to assist. So they don't really ask for permission. They're just like, this is what I want and I'm going to do it. So yeah, very Aries in that sense. Yeah, okay, interesting. Manifestors have three important gifts to give to the community. Firstly, act independently and quickly. Mm -hmm. Initiate Mm -hmm. and thus catalyze action in others. So they can be like a template for people, you know, like I'm going to initiate this and that kind of inspires others. Um, impact others through not only their energy, but the fruits of their manifestation. Uh Aha. It's so interesting because I feel like manifestors are the exact 
opposite of projectors. They are. <laughs> It's that's because I cannot connect with any of that. I I just there's not nothing in that where I'm like, oh yeah, I I can relate. It's like whoa, I'm impressed by all of that. Yes. Now I just wanted to sort of finish this up by reading um actually one of the Instagram tiles of Emmy Ray, who we talk about from the Daily Rest. She has a great series on how the different types can manifest, and I mean this as in manifestation, like creating the life that you want. And I'll just read out what she's got here because it's so beautifully written. As a manifester, I manifest by asking for it, by speaking my desires into existence, alone or in the company of people I trust. I manifest by breaking the rules and making better ones. So very Capricorn energy as well. Yeah. Um, I manifest when I am unfazed by reactions to my energy, by following the urges even when it scares me. By stopping before I'm tired. By not doing it all, even when I can. I manifest with ease when I tell people how I feel, what I want, and where I'm heading with no apology and no explanation. Wow. There's really this theme that feels like of being unapologetic around the energy because I can imagine that that energy could be um, confronting for some people, seeing someone that's just going for it and getting it and just like unapologetically forging a trail yeah yeah so I mean I don't personally know any manifestors I don't think um but if one of you listeners out there is a manifesto we'd love to hear from you yeah what's your experience and has this eye has this eye opened you (laughs) (laughs) or open your eyes thanks Joe. that was really informative and opened my eyes You've been listening to The Middle with your host, Holly Azapati and Jordana Levine. If you'd like to become a Middle member, just click the link in the show notes of this episode. It's that easy. If you'd like to join us in The Middle Facebook group, it's a really fun place to hang out. Just search The Middle Podcast in Facebook. Or if you'd like to follow us on Instagram, Holly runs that feed, FYI. Just search at the underscore middle underscore podcast. Over and out. Whoop. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 